Loans and Constance DeGroote to of First Generation Healers. I'm here with Azure Moy. She is a psychic soul coach. Today we'll be talking about shadow work and her program and Darkenment. And Darkenment is a shadow class that is going on this week on Wednesday and you should check it out. Now let's hear about her amazing journey and her class coming up. Part of shadow work is naming your ego. Could you tell me more about that? really funny because I've actually I've got a new coach he gave me an assignment that I'd already been thinking about to name my ego and I think it's like really helpful to name our egos that way we can like discredit them very easily so I named my ego Sharon <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah I named Aussie. my ego Sharon <laughs> when you say that all I can picture is Ozzy going Sharon yeah, so I've got like a picture in my mind of like who Sharon is and like so every time like I doubt myself and stuff now I'm like shut the fuck up Sharon. <laughs> oh, I love that. I have to try doing that. I've seen that before with shadow work. It's actually really important to name our egos because that's where that like that voice of doubt comes in. My biggest thing with like naming the ego is don't name anybody that you look up to or you credit or anything like that. Like name the ego something that you know, like annoys you that you can like discredit. There was a girl on TikTok that named her ego Brad and she like described Brad as this like really obnoxious frat boy and he was wearing like a pink polo shirt. She's like, I can't take Brad seriously. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. I'm gonna have fun with this. <laughs> it actually, it really does work. So I was doing mirror work last night. Mirror work is like shadow alchemy. My topic was I won't make it to where I want to be in my business. For the first time since I'd started doing mirror work, my guides came in and said, that's a lie. Like I actually like heard like a really loud voice that said that's a lie. Oh, wow. It was really cool. It was really liberating. That was the first time I'd ever heard that. And I've been doing some really heavy shadow work. There's been like dense energy in my house. I had to stage my house the other day because I was actually like cooking here a couple weeks ago and actually felt like something watching me. Oh, I know that feeling. Um, I had never felt that feeling in this house before. And it was because I've been doing all this shadow work and not like sealing up my aura, you know, after doing my shadow work. You like you never end it. You just continue your day after, right? Is what you mean? Yeah. I was curious before you tried shadow work and that came to you as this is what's going to change my life. What did you try? I tried meditation, listening to like inspirational videos, journaling. I, I tried like everything. EFT, I, and I don't use it as much as I used to. All the like spiritual layer work, even NLP was really hard to stick on me as a person because I have such deep embedded wounds and it doesn't just come from present life. It comes from like past life. It's generational too. And I've actually like riveting watching, you know, and like realizing that there's like so much generational trauma. I've done some hypnosis. What I realized through all the things that I did was I wasn't reaching in deep enough. I realized now like I meditate without even making an effort. And so I don't have to sit down and meditate anymore. I don't have to, you know, like journal these love and light journaling prompts. I journaled the shit that is bothering me. I tried writing my goals out 55 times a day for five days and the vision board for manifestation technique, writing out what I wanted and you know, as far as present tense, dating them, I'll have this vibe, blah, blah, blah. I tried and imagining like what that was like. And it just never worked. I just couldn't like latch on to what I was passionate about. I did so many like free courses and launched so much stuff. Always felt like I just wasn't connected to it. And then here I am on the cusp of feeling like something really big is going to happen. And I couldn't break through. So I didn't want to go backwards. I couldn't go forward because I kept going, what the fuck is wrong with me? I can't make it in my business. Nothing's working the way I want it to. And I feel awful on the inside. I've even tried 12-step work. 
because I'm actually a, a recovered addict, got five years clean. So I've actually tried 12-step work. I've tried meetings. I've had sponsors. I've had all kinds of spiritual conversations, writing on the mirror, you know, like I've tried positive affirmations. There's so much, like I've tried positive self-talk and things like that. And what I realized about the positive self-talk and the positive affirmations is that people can't latch onto that stuff because if they don't believe it right then, it's really uncomfortable to feel. If you don't believe it, it's not going to work for you. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I actually have a question on what you were just talking about for you. So how do you feel about the love and light only healing then? I feel like it's spiritual bypassing and toxic positivity. It makes people feel like shit on so many levels. If they're not like in that love and light space, then they're like less of a human being. Like that's how it makes people feel. I've encountered that. I know so many other people have encountered that. That's where that toxic positivity comes in. We are actually taught as children, we're only supposed to exhibit good behavior on that toxic positivity note. Like I think the only love and light and positivity and good vibe is really like it brings more guilt and shame because we make these unreachable expectations for ourselves. And I did that for so long. Like I lived in that only love and light and positivity thing. I wasn't going to deal with any negative stuff and don't say anything negative to me. And I was just like spiritually bypassed. I think that put even more density like in my aura, in my body. And how did you come across shadow work? And how did it change your life? I was actually in the online space late January. I found a workbook, bought the workbook. And I started working on it and I started researching shadow work. Part of my problem is, is like, I'll start something and not finish it. And that's exactly what I did with this. And I just kind of laid it down thinking it made me feel like shit at first. And so I was like, I don't like this. I don't even understand this. I don't know why I'm doing this. I just kept getting called back to it. Like I kept seeing it on social media. I kept having my guides coming in, really just speaking the word shadow work. And I'm like, I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good. And it was because I really hadn't been asking the right questions or pointing myself in the right direction. Here in the past couple of months, I've really gotten into like that deep place, understanding it, started to research it. And one of my really good friends, we hopped on a call. We were actually doing exchange calls with, because we have an NLP family that I went with as a group to my training. And so now we still converse and stuff like that via WhatsApp. She hopped on a call with me and she really opened up my eyes, the archetypes and things like that. And I was just like, oh my God, it made so much sense at that point. I was like, wow, her name's Kristen Michelle. She's actually like new to the, to the coaching world. She's amazing. I felt at home from like the very first second I met her. I think that she was my nudge into realizing like that's exactly what I needed to start doing. In your own words, what is shadow work in case anyone listening doesn't know what it is? Shadow work is taking a look at like our inner triggers, deep, dark, negative feelings, our trauma that like haunts us. Something that I really like connect this to is the dream about like waking up, going to high school and realizing your butt ass naked. <laughs> oh my gosh. Honestly, like that's kind of shadow, like reaching out and saying, hey, there's some things you need to look at. This is taking a look at like why we're getting triggered at the things we're getting triggered by, our past traumas, what's really haunting us because a lot of people spend time like thinking about their past the negative feelings that we're trying to suppress it's all about taking a look at those things because they were taught anger and rage and frustration and sadness and things like that they weren't well accepted we weren't supposed to press anger and rage and frustration and act out on those things and through that suppression people develop their shadow it's really good to start like feeling the feelings when you're experiencing them that actually makes me think of um, one of my friends asked on Facebook what is your favorite movie and I had a hard time picking because originally I'm a film major. So I chose Fight Club. And it makes me think of that with Tyler Durden. I don't know if you see what I'm saying there. I've seen Fight Club. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, it was interesting to write down everything I liked about that movie and to see that it's that shadow self. We're trying to please others all the time. And he has all these different things. And yet he feels like he has to look like his outside is falling apart when society, he's not falling apart. No one would think that about him. You know, like he has the job, he has the home, he has the furniture and all that stuff. And then he goes out and finding these different ways like, oh, I have cancer. Like you have to have these certain things. Otherwise, you can't be broken. There's like no permission to show up as the way that you feel. So interesting. We have so much duality as human beings. I mean, everybody has a shadow. You don't actually have to have trauma in your present life path to have a shadow. You don't have to have this like hard coming up story to have a shadow. I wanted to ask you, what are the archetypes as far as shadow work? So there's the prostitute and then the lighter side. Obviously, the shadow is the prostitute and the lighter side is the lover. There's the child and the sovereign. There is the victim and the warrior. And so there's the saboteur and the magician. The second part of what I listed is actually like the lighter archetype. I find the prostitute to be really interesting because when you say prostitute you think an actual like physical like prostitute and that's not what the shadow prostitute is about it's about prostituting our time and ourselves through selling our time looking for outside validation that's the prostitute the shadow prostitute yeah that's definitely a big one one that I extremely resonate with obviously victim is, is something that comes up for me as well and I have to realize like when I'm in victim and when I'm in warrior Actually, my friend Chris and Michelle actually introduced me to the archetypes and it really made me start picking out like when I was in that archetype, how I could shift that into the lighter side through shadow work. When we're aware of our archetypes, we're able to like alchemize, shift into the lighter side. How do you feel with everything going on in the world right now and the shadow work everyone's being kind of, I feel like forced and pushed into right now? Like I know in my own relationship, we ended up working out on so many different things because like, oh, you're kind of stuck together. So now you can't avoid things. I mean, avoidance is a huge thing with shadow work. A lot of people want to avoid it. You even see that in, it's like, I keep going back to Fight Club, but I was thinking about it last night. Honestly, what is he doing when he creates Fight Club? He's avoiding the fact that he doesn't enjoy his life. He's looking for something outside to enjoy. He's not dealing with the actual, I need to actually love myself and love what I do for a living. And I'm allowed to do that. That's okay. So basically you asked like, how do I feel about everything going on in the world? Yeah, as far as shadow work goes. So I think we're shifting into, obviously we're coming into like the age of Aquarius. And so we're actually being like forced on unconscious level to start awakening, looking at like the stuff that has been weighing us down and, and making us feel awful. I think that really everything right now that is happening, all of it is really forcing people to do one of two things. It's either forcing them to take a deeper look at themselves or it's pushing them in the direction of separation. And I see so many people in the online space awakening, reaching out for help. I think that there is this peace in all of us right now that feels like something's wrong. And I mean that on a level of, because we're all connected. We all long to feel that connection. When we aren't looking at our shadow, we're feeling that disconnection. There is some force greater than us. I would call it universe. If you don't like that word, you can insert higher power, God, whatever, that is pushing us towards being better human beings. It's pushing us towards really connecting with each other and connecting with ourselves because we're out of connection with ourselves because there's so many outside sources. I mean, there's social media, there's vacations, there's politics stuff going on. I don't personally vote. I've gotten a little involved 
with educating myself and that's about it. Really, I really believe that everything that has happened this year is for a huge purpose, greater than what we can understand. I think that once December 21st hits, the whole spiritual like plane is going to change on this earth. I think that there's going to be more love. People are really going to start breaking down and healing. Have you fallen into the healer trap of trying to heal yourself all at once? Oh my God, yeah. I laugh about that because I look back at how like agonizing that was trying to do all of the things almost like chastising myself as as far as like trying to get all the things done to just make me feel better. I can actually like kind of almost connect to the anxiety associated with that. If I didn't meditate, my day wasn't okay. And if I didn't do this, my day wasn't okay. Why is everybody else feeling so much better than me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I look back like even six months ago and 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 realized like that's exactly what I was doing. I was just trying thing after thing after thing and not giving myself time to integrate. Funny, you didn't ever reflect on it. You just perceived, like I did the same thing so many times that this is good for everyone else and it should be good for me. Like it must be, I'm the problem then at that point. Yeah, I I asked myself, what am I doing wrong and what is wrong with me? On the daily, I was asking myself that. Why can't I do what everyone else is doing? It was tough and it also, kept me from having really important conversations that I needed to have because I was afraid of what people were going to think of me. I got a, a message last night from a girl and we actually had a really deep conversation because she came to me with wanting to speak in her little summit and I was just like, oh yeah, cool. Sounds fun. I'll do it. And she came to me last night and she said, I'm canceling the summit because no one signed up. She's like, I'm really embarrassed to even say this. And I leveled the playing field with her immediately. Girl, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. I was like, do you know how many fucking things that I have launched? Nobody has bought them or signed up to them. Do you know how many times I've failed? I still fail and it's okay. It's so okay. And I told her, I was like, anytime you need to talk, I will level the playing field with my experiences. I'm not about to like essentially just be like, oh, I'm sorry that's happening for you. No. Like, let's just share our experiences and get real here. And those are the conversations that I really needed to have. And they were hard to have for me because I was so embarrassed of not being where I wanted to be. And she ended up actually coming to me and and saying, like, she just wasn't connected to what she was putting out there. And I was like, I've done that so many times. I have not even realized that I was disconnected from it. Not even realized that it wasn't what I was passionate about and tried to launch it and then fell flat on my face. (laughs) And I still do that shit. (laughs) I realize that if I'm not motivated to put something out there, like it's just not for me. I agree. It's a huge, you know, like, Oh my God. Yeah. And you know, it feels so, it feels so good to just have that conversation of just being honest at failure. And I want to, I want to get more comfortable with being honest and having those conversations, like when I'm having the failure and not after the fact. I think that's really important. We actually keep ourselves from talking about the things that we need to talk about when we most need to talk about them from the feelings of guilt and shame. And that's part of our shadow. We have to realize that, you know, it's okay to say I'm failing. It's okay to say I'm devastated or I'm embarrassed or it's okay to say all those things. And it's okay to feel disappointed in yourself and feeling those feelings when they're happening. And I agree. It's important not to disown or abandon that part of ourselves and to try to suppress it down. Otherwise, it comes back later. It haunts us. Yeah. From what you were saying earlier with the different archetypes, I was thinking about the victim one. 
we can end up being a victim of ourselves and we don't even realize it, like playing out those old stories, playing out old dialogues from our parents and stuff like that. And we don't even realize like, oh, I'm choosing to replay all this stuff in my mind and I can switch the script at some point. We did a goddess video and I was watching it earlier and I was like, wow, that actually reminds me of that whole idea. Cause you say how we can choose, you know, good memories if we want. It's like, oh yeah, I could do that, but I choose. It's like, this part of me, the shadow part of me likes to be like, okay, this will motivate you. If I keep telling you like, oh, you're not enough. You're like this and stuff like that. It's like, oh, I'm going to prove like myself that I'm enough. And it's like, it doesn't work that way though. But how do you feel about being a victim of ourselves? The concept. I'm witnessing this in full force right now. <laughs> and here comes that part where I talk about things that I'm currently experiencing. Um, it's actually really uncomfortable for me to actually say this. And that's okay. I realize that that's okay. But going through this shadow work, I've spiritually visualize these layers being peeled back and seeing like the depth of what I'm doing when I'm doing it. I'm realizing that like I make myself a victim so often. I realize that like we don't even realize when we're doing it because there is like a feeling that's happening in that moment that's keeping us from actually self-sabotaging and making ourselves a victim. I'll just give you a really good example. The other night, and, and this is because of like past insecurities and stuff like that. The other night, my fiance said something about me not folding the laundry. I immediately felt attacked and it rose an argument between him and I because I felt attacked. I instantly made myself the victim when he didn't necessarily mean anything hateful by it. But I was just like, here my brain goes, not even like consciously realizing like that's what I'm doing. I made an argument that didn't need to happen over him making a comment that probably didn't mean a whole lot because I lived in chaos and had expectations on me in the past that I am uncomfortable with now and still feeling from. So I make myself a victim quite often and thing is happening less often because I'm realizing when I do it. And I think what the really important thing here is, is that when we're feeling in that victim stage, we need to let that out away from other people. This is what I recommend is dance, take a nap or go break some that you were going to throw away anyway. I'm serious. Like there is nothing more liberating than going and just breaking a fucking plate. <laughs> you know, like we can get our rage out in a healthy way away from people and, and still, you know, like teach our children and teach the people around us that's okay to do as long as we're doing it in a safe space. Do you find it challenging to teach your own child how to bring in that shadow self as far as like expressing anger or anything like that? Here a few weeks ago, I find myself teaching her that um, her negative feelings aren't good because that's what I was taught because I was conditioned in that way. I'm working so hard to make a safe space for her anger and just let her have that moment. It's hard because, you know, like I was so conditioned as a kid as you're not supposed to scream and yell and things like that. And it's fine to scream and yell. It's not okay to scream and yell at others. You know, it's fine to go scream and yell away from other people. And that's so important. And that's, she's three. And so she's, she's learning that it's okay to express anger, but we don't do it towards other people. I also find myself like denying her the opportunity to express that. I find myself when she gets like mad or something, she kicked me the other day because I wouldn't give her a piece of bubble gum. And I put her in the corner and I should have just sent her to her room and said like, go scream in your pillow or something. <laughs> you know, so I'm, it's hard. It's hard to get out of that conditioning and teaching our children, you know, so they don't struggle so hard with their shadow. Yeah, that's the funny part. You can work on your own stuff and then a new situation will happen. And now you have to like face that shadow again. And, and having kids is a big one. 
I've never had a little, such a little human being bring out so much rage in me. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> and how often should we do shadow work? Do you do it every day? Even if you don't have time to like sit down and write pages and pages, my shadow work is as easy as writing five things I think about myself. Saying one of those things in the mirror, I wouldn't recommend all five to say all five of them. It hurts. It actually like physically hurt. In between my like heart chakra and my sacral chakra, I was actually having physical pain when I was doing all five things. I am totally able to handle one thing. That's where I find it healthy. I think that five things is an overload on a daily basis. You can say one thing in the mirror and that's great. And I actually, I do a little more shadow work. Like I write five things I think about myself because they don't always have to be negative. Last night, I think every single one of my five things was positive about myself. And then I do a little bit of work. I'm on this little kick of what I hate about my past and how it holds me back. That's what I've been doing for the past few days. My mirror work with one thing a day, my five things, and then what's holding me back. I recommend that people do shadow work every single day. Like I said, even if it's just one thing, you know, because it can be easy. It gets to be easy. So it's like exercising. Yeah. Tell me about your class coming up in Darkenment intro to shadow work. So that class, I really felt like I needed to put out something for for free to really give people like that introduction because a lot of people don't know what shadow work is or they believe that shadow work is bad and a lot of people actually get taught that shadow work is bad I've had several people come to me and say like I heard shadow work is bad so I just never did it so this is like this education piece and it's going to be like an hour to an hour and a half long I'm going to be giving them like what is shadow how shadow is created how to begin shadow work my experiences. We're going to do a question and answer portion. It's going to be really great as far as the educational portion into like understanding what your shadow is and how it was created within you getting started because a lot of like people's hang up is they'll read something or watch something or whatever and they don't know how to start. They're like, oh, well, that's really cool. But now where do I go? So I want to give them just a few little tips and tricks to start. I'm actually going to build upon that. I have a masterclass coming out after the informational live and a group program and one-to-one coaching coming out. So I'm going to build upon and we're going to go even deeper into like what is shadow and the shadow archetypes and all of that. And where can people find this class? They can find it in my group, the Soul Magic Society on Facebook. It'll be in there. I'll be in there next Wednesday, October 21st at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. Live in that group, start with the with the class and we'll be there for an hour um, to an hour and a half. The other thing that I want to say is that if you can't make it, there will be a replay and you can watch it as many times as you want. Tapping for me, it feels like shadow work. I don't know if you find it the same thing. Yeah. The cool thing about tapping is actually like when we're actually tapping on our meridians, we're actually canceling out, you know, like the negative stuff that we're saying and we're clearing our meridians. So we have these meridians in our body that hold energy. And and when we're tapping on them, it actually like clears that dense energy out of there, just like dancing or movement does. So we're creating movement in our meridians. Cool thing about tapping is that we can use it for anything, literally anything. There is nothing that is contraindicated with tapping. I've used it for fear, sadness, doubt, worry, all the way up to nausea, headache, car sickness. Okay, I'm gonna have to explore tapping more. So in your video on womb work, I love how you talk about how women are receivers and we hold on to energy. Is there any shadow work around womb work? I have done a little bit of, you know, like shadow work around my womb because I don't share this a lot, but I had a miscarriage back in December of 2018. It was an unplanned pregnancy. My daughter was 17 months old and I was a single mom. 
probably one of the scariest experiences of my life because I realized I was pregnant. I know a lot of people probably won't resonate with this. I didn't want another child. We were living in a single wide trailer and I was working in nursing administration, like struggling to get us by. I had no help. It was just me. Like my parents were there. It was all me financially. It was really hard for me. It was, I was just like, I don't want this. And literally like within two hours of me taking that pregnancy test and stating that, like I had, a, I was starting to have a miscarriage and here's what I did when I had that miscarriage. I ignored it and treated it like a pain in the ass. Didn't visit like my trauma from it. I'm getting a little like, you know, like emotional talking about it now because I realized just how much I denied myself so hard the feelings that I needed to feel. It took a year over a year to realize that like I needed to start visiting that you know I started visiting my womb space through meditation and realizing like just how much like I hurt her and just how much I denied her the voice that she needed to have I needed to cry and I needed to scream and I needed to say how I felt about that because the fact that I said I didn't want that child didn't mean that I, I didn't love myself or I didn't love the idea of having another child it just meant that like at that point in my life I didn't know how I was going to do it it scared me because I was alone like I had no partner to be there for me to help me and I didn't believe enough in myself to make all that work and the first thing I thought about was my daughter you know and how that how that would change everything for her it was just a devastating experience because as mothers okay we live in masculine energy because masculine energy is giving and as mothers we give all the time and we don't receive a lot so I was so deep in my wounded masculine energy that I felt like I didn't have time to visit the pain from that and so I treated it like an inconvenience and I talked about it like an inconvenience. When I met my now fiance, um, I shared that experience with him. Even well into the next year, I was getting medical bills and I was pissed off about the medical bills. And he's like, you just treat this like an inconvenience. And it triggered me so hard because it bothered him that he thought that I didn't care that I had a miscarriage, which I, I totally did. I just put on this facade that I didn't. And when he said to me, triggered me so hard. I got so angry so fast. There was just like this instant rage. It was instant like, don't you tell me like how I feel about this. You don't get to have an opinion. Like it was, it was literally that. But like that moment was like a reflection of how I was feeling about myself. Because I believe that a lot of times the things that people say to us, not all of them, but a lot of them, the things that people say to us, we invite that energy in for them to say those things. And now I realize there are things that my fiance has said to me when he's been mad at me and other people when they've been mad at me too, not just pinpointing him, but like, you know, cause he's like the closest person to me on a daily basis that I get so angry about, but really what he's doing is reflecting back what I think about myself. It has not, nothing to do with him. There's been times that I'm like, I can't even believe he talked to me that way. And then I realized later on that he talked to me that way because I talked to myself that way. I definitely feel that a couple, it's probably three months ago now, I had a miscarriage and I completely ignored it. I did the same thing that you did and all the physical pain was there. I felt it letting go of me, like all of that. I felt every single bit of it. And when I went to the bathroom, I ignored that it was there too. Like I ignored every single thing. And then a couple months later, I'm upset about something else. And I, like, I told my husband, like matter of factly, like, oh, I had a miscarriage. I told family, like matter of factly also like, just like, oh, it's like nothing type thing. And then I was doing some of my own, I do shadow work with the goddess. I do it with the Morgan. Her thing with me is that she wants me to take time as an offering to 
sit just in darkness and deal with whatever comes up. So I was doing that. My miscarriage came up for me. When you're in darkness, you can't like find a distraction, look around you and be like, what's the next thing I could do? You're sitting in darkness. It's just you're stuck with yourself, literally stuck with yourself. I do literal darkness work. <laughs> so it just like, that. yeah, it just like it popped up. And it's so interesting when you do work in the dark because no one can see you. There's nothing. So it's just you act as yourself. Like there was something that you said with dancing. The Morgan comes up different for me now that I've started to act more in my power. She doesn't accept me trying to worship her. She's like, no, worship yourself and stuff. And then she had me do some dancing. I noticed in the dancing, every time I would want to do something, no one was around, but I would be like, oh, you can't do that because that's not cool and stuff like that. And it got so stuck in my head. And then it got to a point where I'm just dancing and I'm moving in a way that I want to. And that's also a reflection of life. Like the simplest thing, dancing, I couldn't even just do it for myself and how I wanted to. Well, there's bigger things in life that affect me. And it's like, I have to be willing to dance in my own way. Yeah, I can resonate with that what keeps me like all week I've been like, I'm going to do something on the miscarriage and it's been like total avoidance. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. I love that you and I can connect on that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, really emotional thing. Here's what I want to tell you is you're going to know exactly when you're ready to talk about it. I wasn't ready for so long. And there's, there's parts of me that like, still like, it's not something that I've hopped on. Like, I guess I, I shared it in that womb healing live. So now I've like shared it with the world, but it's not something that I've made a point to talk about. And I think we're all really good shoving those kinds of things down because I felt like if I expressed the way that I felt about my miscarriage, people would be like, you are a shit human being. (laughs) I realize now that like there were different feelings happening during that miscarriage. There was sadness that I had that the person that, you know, like I had that pregnancy with didn't love me in the way that I deserve to be loved. There was sadness that I didn't love myself in the way that I deserve to love myself. There was sadness that I realized that like I, I couldn't support another child and there was sadness that my my body rejected it. It was tough. There was also some sense of relief because I didn't know what I was going to do. I actually can relate on some of that too. The um the timing was very stressful for me, so I definitely can feel on that. I think that's also part of why maybe it happened too. Like, I don't know if we feel the same way. Like maybe there was just a lot of stress at that time. Yeah, I I know for sure that like I, my mental state and my physical state at that time, even though like I was clean, my mental and emotional state was affecting my physical state. And I know that's part of why it happened. I also know that like everything happens for a reason. I I truly believe, and I know that people are probably going to say the universe would never do that, but I think it was like divine intervention, to be honest with you. I think so too. I definitely agree with you on that. Well, this has been awesome. I would love to do another one with you at some point on a different topic. Is there anything that you yeah. want to say otherwise, like that I forgot? That I know of. I feel like we've like covered, we covered a lot of stuff and um, really like, this is really like spiritual and in-depth and very connected. I just totally, totally excited about the conversation that we just had. I am too. I can't wait to get this out there. And thank you so much for your time. Well, I want to thank you for inviting me because I was super excited when you asked me. Um, I was just like, heck yeah, I've never been on a podcast. Check out Endarkenment this Wednesday. In the Soul Magic Society, 